She wears a nappy because it makes her happy. She's too cool for smooth. Kings and calls are too free spirited to be restrained by herbs and oils. These queens who adorn it as a natural crown of truth. Great worn in all sorts of twists, shades, a labor of love. What's up, everyone? This is your girl, Jay Rose, and this is another episode of Sisters presented by Be More Radio. We are definitely here about caring, creating, shall I say, a sisterhood amongst Black women. And this show is leading the charge, of course, and I'm honored to be your host this evening. Now, I know that we don't officially have royalty in this country, of course, but that doesn't mean that we as Black women still can't protect our crown of hair. So I'm sure that we all have affection for it, no matter how curly or kinky it may get sometimes. But unfortunately, due to hair discrimination in our society, not everyone views our crowns as something that needs to be respected and protected, which is why we have to have laws passed such as the Crown Act in order to not be discriminated against in the workplace and at school. So before we dig into what this means for us, let's look at a clip about what is the Crown Act and why it matters to us all. We do see, um, you know, this this elevation, this privileging of uh, straightened hairstyles as good hair. To protect Americans against this form of discrimination, Drexel University law professor Wendy Green has worked with legislators around the country to create the Crown Act. It's a law that bans discrimination in workplaces and in schools against hair textures or styles linked to racial identity. It really clarifies that natural hair discrimination in all forms constitutes race discrimination. Our hair has nothing to do with our competencies and our qualifications and our abilities, and therefore shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not we're afforded employment opportunities or we should be included in certain spaces. In 2019, California became the first state to pass the Crown Act. Since then, seven states have followed California's lead in addition to a handful of cities and counties. I rise in strong support of H.R. 5309. A federal version of the Crown Act passed the House of Representatives last fall, but stalled in the Senate. Green says part of the challenge is getting others to see the realities of hair discrimination. So that's really great that Congress is taking up the cause here on the Crown Act. And speaking of Congress, I have the honor and privilege of introducing our next guest, our first guest, shall I say, who has proudly represented in Michigan's 40, 14th Congressional District. So please welcome the Honorable Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for being with us. And I understand you have roots in Detroit. So yes, this is a homegirl to a homegirl. Yes, yes. Uh, yep, we're, we're over here holding it down just like you holding it down over there in Congress. So thank you for being with us. So I'll be completely honest here. Up until maybe a year or two ago, I never knew that there was a movement or such a thing as the Crown Act. I knew about it on a personal level, but I did not know it was a much broader thing going on. And so let alone that it was it was passed in several states already. And so it's sort of sad, right, that there has to be a law that protects uh, hair that protects against hair discrimination in several states already. And so uh, I personally think that hair has nothing to do with personal performance or, or how well we are at our jobs. And, and that's just an opinion. But I, I, I just want to ask, have you or anyone you know ever experienced 
hair discrimination and why in 2022 in the first place do we need a law that bans hair discrimination against people of african descent and what are covered what type of hairstyles are covered under the crown act so uh i just want to give some historic perspective to it so i am a a, a child that grew up in the 70s and you know afros and you know big big afros were the thing and it was almost, it was during that time of civil rights and where we were really using our voice and our hair became this symbol of pride and almost protest. And we were demonized because of that. You know, you weren't allowed to do certain things because of your hair. Well, now get to 2022 and we are seeing in, in this 21st century that individuals who are extremely qualified uh, walking into a corporate office and immediately being dismissed or prejudged as being, you know, they're not, um, they're not educated. They're not a good representation of our, of our company. And um, the discrimination is real. And if you look at what women who we did our research on and they say that over 80% of black women believe that they have to change their hair from its natural state to fit in at an office. And that 83% feel they're more likely to be judged more harshly because of their looks. And it's, for some reason, our hair becomes an intimidation. And as a little black girl, we all know that we sat between mama's knees with the with the brush and and she brushed and braided our hair and that was that was most of our childhood growing up with braids and as we got older we stopped that and braids you know they're you know when I go on vacation I'm gonna have braids because it's freedom and it's um it's something that unfortunately we have to pass a law for because discrimination of any kind in this country is supposed to be unacceptable. Well, if you don't have a law, there's a lot of people will do it freely because there's nothing to stop them. Absolutely. And, I, and you're taking me back right now to being in your mama's lap. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And braids did do mean freedom for a lot of us because yes. we really, that was the only way I could ever go swimming is if I ever had braids. And so, and even worse than in the job discrimination, even the black men and women who are serving our country Oh, yeah. are being subjected to hair discrimination in the workplace. So let's cut to a quick clip regarding that, and then we'll be right back. January 5th, in the year of our Lord, 2017, we are now allowed to wear locks in uniform. Retired Staff Sergeant Chauncey Logan spent 20 years in the Army. Halfway through her service, she decided to put her hair in locks because it was easier to maintain. That style, however, violated the military's grooming policy, which was particularly difficult for black personnel. I was ordered to cut my locks and I refused that order. So I ended up uh, being tried under UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I was found guilty of refusing that order and the punishment was to be reduced in rank and to be separated from the military for refusing to cut my hair. Now, that didn't happen. What changed? During the trial, she made a minor change to her hairstyle. It allowed Logan to keep her job and rank. My hair like this was wrong, but 
doing this, twisting two of them together, this was determined to be within regulation. So this is what I did all over my hair. In 2017, the Army removed its ban on locks, but Logan still remembers how the scrutiny made her feel. That is the worst experience I've had of my 20-year career. I was in the Iraq invasion 2003, deployment, Afghanistan. We're trained to prepare for war. Nothing could prepare me for, for this. But despite these ongoing fights, people like Chauncey Logan and Brittany Noble are confident that times are changing, whether in the workplace. My fight is one of thousands. I feel that we feel seen and heard now. It's taken way too long, but we're here. Wow, Congresswoman, I, I don't know about you, but I am personally tired of trying to wear my hair like I'm a white woman just to find a decent job. And it's crazy that even in the military, those who are giving the, you know, you know, giving the ultimate sacrifice, if you will, are still being discriminated based on their hairstyles. And so I've been in too many situations myself where I have been judged for the way that I decided to wear my hair. And it's beyond ridiculous, if you ask me. And so how do you feel about what the military system was going through potentially losing rank because of her hair? And can the Crown Act apply in this situation if passed through Congress? Well, once it becomes a federal law, the military will also be under that umbrella. Uh, because when we pass laws against discrimination, it covers all the federal agencies. And I, I just want to make this point. Um, one of the things, one of the beauties we have as African-Americans is that we have so many options. And the reality is our brilliance and our brain is not defined by whichever option we use for our hair. And that is the point to make, not to judge, not to set standards, but to allow the same freedom, um, which is unique for us because we can do more than wear our hair in one particular style or texture. And sometimes when things are different from the majority, they have a hard time embracing it. So this is about the diversity of a black woman. She can walk in a room in a lot of different styles. And uh, I find it amazing and, and one of our blessings because some people talk about the texture of our hair as being a negative, but it is amazing because I can, I can come in and embrace you with this brilliant mind and opportunities I've been able to give it. And my hair may change, but it doesn't change me. I love that. So it's a lot to take in and I'm learning so much. And this is super informative to have sisters out here that are going through similar situations that we're in this together. And mm -hmm. she said at the end of that last clip. So uh, Congresswoman Lawrence, we are here. We here sisters would love to thank you for your service and fighting the fight in Congress. And before we let you go, we want to briefly know, are there any significant congressional updates that we need to be on the lookout for going forward? Yes, I want you to know that we have not walked away from the Voting Rights Act. It is a battle, but it's a battle worth having. Additionally, today, uh, we are debating still the appointment of one of the most qualified human beings to be before us to be confirmed as a Supreme Court Justice, and she is a Black woman. And we are going to fight this fight. We are not going to walk away from it. Whatever they throw at us, we are going to, to hit it back 
and we're going to win this race and have history reflect that the United States of America, even in the 21st century, embraced the talents and recognized and confirmed a Black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. And I'll tell you, that's a Black, that's a sister that is worth rooting for. I'll tell you yes. that. Yes. And, and one thing about us sisters is that we all, we are all in this together. And so you yes, come for one of us, you come for all of us, okay? That's and right. So, <laughs> so once again, oh, go ahead. Was there anything else that you want to mention? I you? walked into, when I was there sitting in the audience watching her hearing mm -hmm. and had an opportunity to speak to her, my message to her was, be strong. I know this is hard, but what you're doing is opening the doors for generations of Black girls who have not had the opportunity. But when you sit on that Supreme Court, it just opens the door for so many. And sisters, black women, we get that. We know so often where many of us are still the first in the 21st century. And we're gonna keep kicking those doors on like Kamala Harris and many more. And just like she said, I may be the first, but I will not be the last. Yes. Once again, big thank you to Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. And we would definitely would enjoy the opportunity to have you back with us. And we will go to a short break. And when we come back, we'll be right back to the conversation while we protect our crowns right here at Sisters on Be More Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I've been told it's too big. I've been asked, is it real? I've been told there is too much. I've been told it blocks people's view. I had someone tell me, surprised, your dreadlocks are so nice and clean. I've been mocked and ridiculed for the frizzy coils that escape my tightly wound bun. When I first started pageants, I was told by many to never let my hair be natural for competition. HR told me my hair looked more professional, pulled back and in the bun than it did out in curly. The first time I walked into the office with my natural hair, my supervisor asked if it was forever. I've had strangers walk up and pet me. I started my locks journey out of convenience. Now, it's an outright protest. I've seen children humiliated at school getting suspended. The baby girl whose teacher cut her hair because her beads were making too much noise. Those actions are bullying, discrimination, microaggressions, and acts of racial injustice. My hair has a purpose greater than myself, and I will not put it away to comply with white cultural standards of beauty. I am not my hair, but my hair is a part of who I am, and it deserves the same respect as the person beneath it. I wear What's up, Queens? Welcome back to Sisters right here on Be More Radio, where we continue to protect the crown. And speaking of crowns, our next guest is creating a whole hair movement to promote the fact that we rock dope hair. And she is a part owner of Sweet Potato Sensations Bakery on Detroit's West Side, along with her parents and her sister. She's also the founder of the natural hair group Sister Fly 17. And now what started out as just a meetup to promote natural hair has turned into an all-out celebration with the annual We Rock Dope Hair 
experience. And so I'm so excited to be here with none other than Sister Edifly S.B. Thomas. How you doing, sis? Hey, I'm cool. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling great. It's really great to have you here with us. So what, what's equally dope here is that you and your sister, Jennifer, have essentially created a natural hair movement experience right here in Metro Detroit. So could you tell me a little bit about your hair journey and creating the natural hair experience? Because I heard about this and I'm like, where has this been all my life? Because I never heard of it before. This is I know, so right? <laughs> what motivated you ladies to be the ones to kind of take up the cause in this way? Oh my goodness. I don't know if we got enough time, right? <laughs> So um, once again, Edifly SB here. Thank you so much for inviting me here to talk about Naturally Fly Detroit. So we started this movement in 2010. Um, I grew up in a church called Fellowship Chapel where everybody there was wearing afros, locks, bare heads, um, just all these kind of funky creative styles and hair. And I always wondered, like, could I do that, right? Could I do that? And my mom was like, you can do whatever you want to do. You can wear your hair kind of however you wanted to wear your hair. And so that planted the seed a lot for me as growing up, being able to witness those women and those men rock different hairstyles. And growing up in a culture where you see people, everybody has straight hair or they're always trying to tame or, or like do something different to their hair to alter it from its natural or most original state. So, oh my goodness. So we, um, I'm trying to think like where to go, but just so we have sweet potato sensations, of course, and we were in a small bakery cafe across the street from where we currently are. We moved over here in 2009. My sister and I were like, we really want to do an event. We just really want to do something. We have the space here. We want to do something around natural hair because that was a common love for us. In high school, I started wearing braids and different things and wearing head wraps, just kind of experienced myself. And when I was in college, um, I got an opportunity to go to South Africa for the World Conference Against Racism. And there in the water, I took my braids out. I cut hair off my head. I just wanted to be done with all the things that I thought was just not naturally me, right? And so because of that, it started my sister to take her hair out and do, do something natural. My mother followed. Like, our whole family was just like, okay, forget all the, what we were doing. We're going to go this way. And so now we're rocking our natural hair. We've always had a little bit of a, of a unique style. People were asking us about our hair all the time, asking us about our style. So we decided to start this natural hair event. This is in 2010. We're just like, you know, who's going to come? You know, we don't really know people like that. So we put it out there. And we put it on Facebook and like at a Facebook events page. And the first event, we had a hundred people RSVP for the event. And this is really, I believe, at the like right at the moment when people were really questioning like their natural hair, wondering what to do with it, trying out products and things like that. And so we really caught it, if you will, at the right time um, for us for this thing to kind of take off. So we started, yeah, so we started in the bakery. And we had 100 people and we was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm in the bakery right now. And where are we going to fit 100 people? Where, how are we going to do this? Right. And my mom was like, well, what about the kitchen? You know, black women got their hair fried, dyed and laid to the side. We could talk about it in the kitchen. And I'm like, this is our brand new kitchen. You want to have people sit in your kitchen? And she was like, yeah, we can push things back, you know, cover stuff up. So everything is, you know, safe and cool. And I was like, OK. So that's how it happened. We 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 brought the natural hair event, the first one, to the kitchen. Um, we had a panel discussion in the kitchen talking about natural hair and whatnot. And we had vendors out here in the front. So this was like our mini celebration for natural hair and, and just encouraging women, Black women, to be who they are authentically starting with their hair. 
That is awesome. <laughs> Nothing short of awesome. I like how your mom said, let's take it to the kitchen. Because yeah. that's where it all started. I know we all, yeah. as black girls, had to come up in a time where, you know, we had to be in that kitchen, you know, whether it be with the hot comb or with the with the grease and all of that stuff. And so I... A little wet rag. <laughs> that burns. Uh-huh. That's, that's awesome that you that you actually went to Africa and had this whole experience where it's yeah. like, let me free myself of right. you know of all of that, and you just and you came back with a whole revelation of like this yeah. is what we need to be embracing. And so right. I think that's so awesome. And so before we continue on, let's cut to a brief clip, and then we'll be right back here to discuss. Okay. For much of American history, naturally curly black hair has been seen wrongly as unprofessional or even dirty, especially in the workplace. At Shell D's salon in Sterling, Virginia, salon manager Toby Mack has seen the impact of that discriminatory thinking firsthand. She says many clients openly worry about being judged if they wear their hair naturally curly. A lot of times when we talk to our clients who are in the corporate setting, most of the conversations are along the lines of, I'm in a predominantly non-black environment, so I can't go in looking like my hair is not being taken care of, because there seems to be that assumption or that bias that if you have natural hair, you're not taking care of it. Still, many black women are abandoning wigs, hair extensions, or chemical straighteners used to change their appearance. Instead, they are embracing natural black styles like afros and braids. It's an art, it's an art for sure. It is. And many black men, instead of keeping their hair cut short, are growing it longer and getting locks. For Anwar Taylor, he's hoping to make a professional statement. I initially made the decision to, to grow my hair out, out of necessity since all the barbers weren't able to cut our hairs last year. But then it got to a certain point where I was switching careers and I wanted to sort of change stereotypes of like, what does a therapist and what does a black therapist look like? But Taylor says he also understands his new hair could make him the potential target of police harassment. I definitely do have concerns about safety when it comes to you know my locks. If you see somebody with dreadlocks or cornrows or in your mind what's considered wild hair, you're seeing somebody who's poor, somebody who is potentially dealing drugs or up to no good, you're seen as somebody who is less than. All right, so let's dig into things here. So you know we rock dope hair. Yeah. I know we rock dope hair. And as I mentioned to Congresswoman Lawrence earlier, that it's ridiculous, you know, that we have to kind of go through these hoops just to have exceptions for something that naturally grows out of our hair. Right. And so, uh, and to be universally accepted in mainstream society. So with the clip, what are your thoughts on, uh, the clip as it pertains to how black people have to navigate their natural hair journey in America. I mean, everything, so everything they said was true. I mean, these are things we experience. These are things people in corporate spaces are thinking. Um, they're wondering. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I have more of just like, I just want people to be themselves. I just want people to show up as themselves. And I love how Anwar said, I want to change the narrative of what dot, dot, dot looks like. 
And I really appreciate him taking that step, even though there is a little bit of fear on both sides where I could be perceived as this, I could perceived as that, but I want to change the narrative to what it looks like. And I think it takes each and every one of us taking these small steps to um, change that, change that narrative. I show up, I love being a permission slip and, and, and allowing people to show up or giving them space to show up as themselves. Even being a business owner, I'll employ people and, and they'll say, well, can I wear my natural hair to work? Can I wear a twist out? Can I wear Afro? And I'm like, yeah, we're in the food space. You got to cover it up, you know, of course with a net, but please feel free. And so there's definitely truth to what they're saying. And I've done that before when I've worked additional jobs, I've maybe um, adopted to have a certain hairstyle when I went in for the interview. But when I got the job, then I went back to more of myself. So I definitely think um, what they're saying is true, but I just want to encourage people to to embrace who they are naturally and take the small steps to start stepping out there and showing people this is what we look like. I don't want to cover. I'm not, I can't cover any of this up. It had, this is me and what grows out of my head naturally should be okay. It should be enough or even really more than enough. It should not have to be tamed and slicked down unless you want to. That's part of our magic, right? To be able to change hairstyles, ebb and flow and do whatever we want to do. So I don't know. I, I have all these mixed feelings about about that because I feel very passionate, but I'm also fortunate too that I'm a business owner and I can kind of create that own, like create my own narrative for myself. And I know that's not always the truth with some people's experience. It's like they don't feel like that. Even in a school place, even in sports and schools, it's like she can't wear braids, you can't do this. And it's so bizarre to me. It is so bizarre that we as a people have been made to feel like what we are naturally, all our beauty, melanin, lighter melanin, darker melanin, kinky hair, wavy hair, whatever the case is, bodies, our actual physical makeup of our bodies is does not fit and it's not okay. Definitely. And I've totally been guilty of that, which you just mentioned about wearing uh, one style of hair at the interview and then wearing a different style of hair once you get the job. And then you kind of play mental ping pong with yourself where you're like, why did I even have to do that in the yeah. first place? Like why? I mean, India, I reset it best. I am not my hair, but why, why can't that just be my, a part of me and not define who I am to other people who may make assumptions about that. And so I'm definitely with you there as far as, feeling acceptance for something that we, we don't control how our hair naturally, you know, sprouts out of our hair. So why should we have to adjust what comes natural to us to make other people feel comfortable when there's nothing to be bothered about in the first place? Right. And so we definitely salute and support your hair journey, sis, and willingness to create an experience for other sisters as well. So before we close out, do you want to let us know about any upcoming events or opportunities or how folks can be able to support what you're doing? Most definitely. So um, they can definitely join our Facebook group. We have a group on Facebook called Naturally Fly Detroit. Naturally Fly Detroit. Fly always has two wives. It's an honor of me and my sister and me and my grandfather. My sister they used to collect fireflies in the backyard. We are children. I believe the beautiful things come from our grandparents. They edify us. They build us up and they help us be the human beings that we are right now. It takes a village. Okay. And so Naturally Fly Detroit on Facebook, um, on Instagram as well. Uh, you can reach me 313-454-1840 313 
454-1840. Uh, let me see. Also at Sweet Potato Sensations, come in here if you have any questions. We're going to be doing our large event again next year. Um, our, you know, our venue this year didn't want to do any large events with respect to COVID, so I appreciate that. So we want to be able to do things safely. And so we'll be doing a huge, we do a huge natural hair event. Naturally Fly Detroit presents We Rock Dope Hair, a natural hair experience. We have vendors, we have artists, we have uh, conversation, we have panel discussions. It's all about the encouragement and edify. We got to edify and build up how we present ourselves to the world, starting with our hair. So. Awesome. And I think it's, it's such an inspiration to see sisters out here doing it for themselves. And right. so we want to thank you for all that you do, as well as our, uh, our other guest, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, for fighting the good fight for natural hair up in Congress. Uh, so next week's show, everyone, is going to be about the JJ Diaries. Yes, I said JJ Diaries, where we will be discussing feminine hygiene and our special relationship with our lady parts as sisters. And so we thank you, sis, for joining us. And we thank all of you for another session of Sisters right here on Be More Radio. She wears a nap because it makes her happy. She's too cool for smooth. Kings and calls are too free-spirited to be restrained by herbs and oils. These queens who do it as a natural crown of truth. Wigs worn in all sorts of twists, shades, a labor of love for the root expressed by the child of Africa soil. It's worth the toil. Willie curls aim for the sheepish, so pick a stance. If you dare to take a glance, her thoughts will ascend you. Trust me, let's give her a chance. A pair of shears for a Shiver locks, a twist to unwind the company.